As an entrepreneur and business owner, it is important to understand your business's financial situation. I find that if you run your business the way you successfully run your home, your business will thrive. Hi, I'm Laura Street, founder and owner of Sunstone Debt Solutions. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Home and Business Chapter by Chapter, where we relate business books to our home and business. This season, we are reading Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello. This week, we are starting step two of Free to Focus called Cut. In the next three weeks of the Cut step, we will learn how to shrink our to-do lists the right way and keep the list small. We begin Cut with Chapter 4, Eliminate. In Eliminate, instead of trying to figure out what should be on our to-do list, we are going to embrace the not to-do list. We are going to get rid of tasks that take up our time, but don't lead us to the results that we're working for in our business or our home. We need to learn the importance of filtering out requests and only saying yes to opportunities that we really want to do instead of agreeing to do something because we don't want to disappoint someone. Michael Hyatt says, quote, Few things will energize you and your productivity more than the powerful little word, no. This is a difficult practice for me. Sometimes I'm a people pleaser. Sometimes I say no, but then I get talked into saying yes. Sometimes I offer to do things that nobody has even asked me because I think it would help them. Instead of putting my home and family or my business as a priority, I'm allowing other people's requests to be more important. How about you? Is this something that you do too? Remember last week when we talked about there only being 168 hours in a week? We already know that we can't create more time. So when we say yes to someone's request, we need to say no to something else. And guess what? That something else is an activity with our family, making a healthy dinner, or finishing up a special project for work. Do we want to eat fast food that isn't good for us so we can tweak someone else's website? What about losing money because we didn't get all of the items ready that we needed for the farmer's market on Saturday? but we did get someone else's gutters cleaned out. By saying yes to someone else, we are saying no to ourselves. This also applies to what we learned in the last episode, rejuvenate. When we say yes to working past business hours, we say no to our family and home tasks. Each yes has a no attached. How can we be sure that we are saying yes to the right opportunities? Well, we pull out our freedom compass that we created in Chapter 2. We need to prioritize activities and tasks, and the best way to know which activities and tasks are most important is to choose what is in our desire zone. Whenever a new request for our time comes up, we need to take a look at our personal compass to see where the task lies on it. If it is in the disinterest zone, distraction zone, or drudgery zone, it might be something to eliminate. In fact, Everything that isn't in our desire zone should be looked at as something that we could eliminate. Take a look at your task filter. Put a check or X next to anything that won't hurt your home or your business if you no longer do it. We need to be sure not to choose everything in the drudgery zone. We can't just pick things we don't like to do. When we're looking at our list, we need to think about each item as if it didn't exist. Well, do you miss it? Can the task be completely eliminated, or is it actually something that we need to do to keep our homes the way we like them, or keep our businesses running the way that it should? 
For instance, in business, are weekly meetings necessary? Is there really a benefit or could an email replace the meeting? In the home, will our quality of life really suffer if we choose to buy a cake for our birthday instead of baking it and decorating it by ourselves? We also need to be sure that when our daily activities are narrowed down to what is most beneficial for our home and business, we don't fill them back up with new requests. This comes back to us needing to tell people no. Michael Hyatt has five tips that we can use for a tactful no. Number one, acknowledge your resources are finite. Number two, determine who needs access to you and who actually doesn't. Number three, let your calendar say no for you. Number four, adopt a strategy for responding to requests. Number five, Accept the fact that you will be misunderstood. Let's start with number one. Acknowledge your resources are finite. We've talked a lot about how we can't create time. We also discussed last week that we can create more energy by rejuvenating. But how much energy can we create? Honestly, not enough to keep taking on more tasks and more responsibilities. We will eventually burn out and get sick of the very business that we're trying to grow. We might exhaust ourselves at work and leave no time for our hobbies, our homes, or even our family. So even though we take time to rejuvenate, we must be aware that we can't burn through the energy by trying to get everything done. Number two is determine who needs access to you and who doesn't. Does everyone we encounter while working on our business need to have a meeting either in person or Zoom? Probably not. If they're trying to make a proposal to purchase a product, We can have them first submit the information through email. Then we can determine whether or not they need our attention. For home, who do we normally answer phone calls, text, emails from? Do we need to answer every call or can we let some of them go to voicemail? Do we need to reply to every email and text or can we let some of them slide? Do we need to attend every meeting about volunteering or can we request an email instead? Unless volunteering is in your home's desire zone, you're going to want to discover ways to minimize the time spent on those opportunities. For me, volunteering is in my desire and sometimes my distraction zone, but I need to stay aware of the time that I have available and not spread myself too thin. When I say no to an opportunity, I feel like I'm letting down my son's school or little league. I forget that I'm not the only person who is capable of helping out. If I'm not careful, I'll commit any available minute to helping out. I don't have the extra time to do that without taking away from my family or friends. Like we learned in the first tip, we could re-energize ourselves, but we can also get burned out. I never want to dread spending time helping at my son's school or with his little league, so I really need to manage myself and not say yes to everything that comes my way. The third tip that we can use for the tactful no is let your calendar say no for you. Michael Hyatt suggests organizing our calendar by time blocking. To do this, we mark off blocks of our time on our calendar and we use that block to work on one specific thing, like working on marketing, answering emails, developing new products, or having a block or a complete day just for meetings. If we have shared calendars, everyone on the team that wants to meet with us would be able to see when we're available. If you have a business where you meet clients, you could use an app like Calendly. This is a calendar that you share on your website that shows clients your availability for appointments. 
You can block off every hour in the day except for when you want to see the clients. Your client adds an available time to their appointment, and then Calendly blocks off that time for you to prevent double booking. For home, a shared calendar is very useful. Before my son was able to read, my husband and I had a shared Google calendar, and when my son was old enough, we started a wall calendar so he would know when we had birthday parties to attend or when there was a school break. Using a calendar is probably the easiest way to say no. We just need to let others see when we're available. Number four on the list is adopt a strategy for responding to requests. Michael Hyatt suggests we use a strategy called a positive no. I've also heard this called the sandwich strategy. You put the no between two yeses. The first yes is to affirm the other person for their request. We thank them for thinking of us and acknowledge that what they are asking is important. Then comes the no. Make sure the no is clear and doesn't leave any options for them to amend the request by changing the date or asking you to do something a little less challenging. The final yes also affirms the person for their good intentions. It's even better if you can offer an alternative solution to their request. Just be sure that by offering a different solution, a door isn't being reopened for them to ask again. Now that you're familiar with this structure, think about the times that you can use it. Plan ahead to use it for recurring tasks that continue to make their way to you. At home, for instance, a neighbor might often ask you to watch their children after school, but they never reciprocate or offer any sort of compensation. If you have the time and you want to do it, great. But if you don't want to, for whatever reason, you don't have to. This strategy would be a great one to implement. Decide ahead of time what you will say. Something like, I appreciate that you think of me as someone trustworthy to watch your children. I'm afraid it doesn't work for me to have extra people in my house, especially after school. Have you looked into school activities that they could attend instead? I'm sure there is something that kids as smart or creative as yours would enjoy. But thank you for thinking of me. If it looks like the parent will try again to push a little harder, a good reply is, like I said, it doesn't work for me to have extra people in my house, so I'm not going to be able to watch your children. I really appreciate your understanding about this. It's always best to thank them for their understanding or patience instead of asking for them to understand. By thanking them or telling them that you appreciate a behavior, whether they're showing that behavior or not, puts that behavior on them. Rarely are you going to find someone who will tell you that they're not going to be understanding. More often they'll say, oh, you're welcome, and they'll think they did you a favor. The sandwich strategy works in a very similar way for business. You affirm and thank the person for making the request. You say no without leaving any room for misunderstandings or wiggle room to amend the request. Offer an alternative solution to help soften the no, but still keep it a firm no as far as you or your business is concerned, and end with another affirmation and thanking them. For instance, a request has come to your business to sponsor a local children's activity, but your business doesn't have the money available to contribute. You say something like, thank you for thinking of ABC Business. This children's activity is important and I appreciate you taking the time to work on its behalf. Unfortunately, there isn't any money in the budget for this year to contribute. It isn't possible for ABC Business to make a donation. I really appreciate your understanding about the budget, and I thank you again for thinking of ABC Business to partner with your organization. 
if you do think in the future that you will donate, let the person know when you think that might be so they can make a note of when to call back. If you never want to make a donation, tell them now. Tell them that you won't be making charitable donations and ask to be removed from their list. Honesty is best in these situations. The fifth and final tip for a tactful no is accept the fact that you will be misunderstood. It's going to happen. We're going to say no and the person making the request is going to be disappointed and they might even try to make us feel bad about saying no. When this happens, we need to remind ourselves that if we say yes to them, we need to say no to something else. Try to be polite, even if they aren't. Restate the no and give the reason again if you feel the need. Michael Hyatt says, quote, If you don't respect your own boundaries, no one else will either. If the person expresses disappointment in our no and we give in to make the situation less uncomfortable, we've just taught the person how to get the yes. They will learn how to manipulate the situation until we feel so awful that we will give in to their request. This kind of experience won't be great. There will be disappointment and we will probably grow to resent the person who is asking along with ourselves for saying yes. Instead of getting into these kinds of situations, we need to remember that we are the gatekeepers of our time and we are in charge of how we're going to spend it. But what do we do if we've already said yes, but realize we can't keep the commitment? Here is what Michael Hyatt calls his four steps to negotiate out of an existing commitment. Number one, take responsibility for making the commitment. Number two, reaffirm your willingness to honor your commitment. Number three, explain why honoring your commitment is not the best outcome for the other party. And number four, offer to help solve the problem with them. We can say something like, thank you for thinking of me to help with this year's spring fundraising activity. I'm realizing that I made a mistake when I agreed to help. Of course, I will happily fulfill my commitment to the fundraiser, but as I'm looking at my schedule, I'm seeing that I won't be able to dedicate as much time as I think this activity needs. I feel that having someone who is able to focus more attention on this important event would serve your organization better. I would like to help in a different way if that's possible. Now keep in mind, it might be too late to find someone else to do the work that you've already said you would do. In that case, completely fulfill your promise and do it to the best of your abilities. Don't put the burden back on them to find someone new. After all, it isn't their fault that you've realized that you can't keep your commitment. Your integrity depends on you keeping your word. Okay, we are getting to the end of this chapter called Eliminate. How are you feeling about completely getting rid of some tasks? It might be a strange feeling at first, especially if you've been doing the task for a long time. You might even feel guilty for doing less. Just remember, the key to being productive isn't just doing things. It's doing the right things. This means that we need to prune away what isn't driving us toward our goals in both our home and our business. We want to accomplish more by doing less, and we will. It is time for homework. For this week's homework, we're going to be visiting our task filter worksheet that we created a couple weeks ago. We are going to mark the obvious tasks for elimination. Then we are going to fill out a not to do list. The link for the not to do list template is on the show notes for this episode of Home and Business Chapter by Chapter. You can find those notes by heading to sunstonedebtsolutions.com 
and click on the podcast tab. The notes for this episode are found in chapter four, Eliminate. The easiest way for you to get these templates, along with other resources that I've mentioned, and my completed not-to-do list, is by subscribing to the weekly emails at www.sunstonedebtsolutions.com forward slash focus. Don't forget that I've got a great resource for you on my website to help you understand one of the most useful financial reports for your business, your profit and loss report, also known as a P&L. This report helps you see how your money is coming in and where your money is being spent. I have created this particular report to reflect both your business and your home finances. If you're a new entrepreneur or one that is just starting to dig into your reports, you will benefit by being able to compare your familiar home finances with your business finances. By looking at both home and business at the same time, you will develop an understanding of the report in greater detail. Plus, you will learn where your home income is being spent. You might be surprised by what you learn. Please download the free profit and loss at sunstonedebtsolutions.com forward slash P and L. That is the letter P as in profit, A and D, and the letter L as in loss. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and will continue to join us. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to show your support. Also, please share this podcast, Home and Business, chapter by chapter, with anyone that you think would like it. We'll see you next week. Da-da-da-da-da-da.